أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam By Allah Ta'ala's fadl we are well within the sacred month of Al-Hijjah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl, the hujjaj by and large from our land have returned home safe and sound with their prayers having been made for the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was a grand gathering. There were more people there this year than there were in years past. And people stood in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of his sacred house in the plains of Arafat and Muzdalifah and wept in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and made their tawbahs and made their intention to come back and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any partner and to repent from their old ways and to turn a new chapter and with their return. So we find that that repentance and that new chapter is there for our entire ummah and for our entire community wherever they are. And it is within everybody's interest that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from the hujjaj. May Allah ta'ala accept from them in the best way possible and not deprive any one of us from their ajr. Say ameen. Ameen. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl, one of the things that I had the honor of seeing in hajj this year and in the years past is that the sacred city of Makkah Mukarramah is home to a large population of ulama, hafaz of Qur'an, students of knowledge, and people who are servants of the deen from Burma. From the uh, country formerly known as Burma, currently officially referred to as Myanmar. (coughs) It is not known to many people, but there are over 200,000 Burmese refugees inside the sacred city of Makkah Mukarramah. You will find them in every masjid, you will find them in every madrasa, teaching the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, teaching the books of ulum, speaking Arabic flawlessly. One of their qurra, Qari Muhammad Ayyub, rahimahullah wa ta'ala, who passed away not too long ago. In fact, believe it or not, taught tajweed to who? The imams of the Haramain Sharifain. One would not believe this, that somebody from such a distant part of Asia, who is neither from Arab stock, nor a native speaker of the Arabic language, would come to where? to the Arabian Peninsula, to Hijaz, to the sacred home of Islam, and teach the Imams of the Haramain Sharifain what? Tajweed, how to recite the Quran properly. But it's true, if you don't believe me, you can look it up. You can look up Qari Muhammad Ayyub. It's not just those few individuals who taught Tajweed to what? To the Imams of the Haramain Sharifain. Rather, we say in both Masajid, both the Masjid al-Haram in Makkah Mukarramah and the Masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in Medina Munawwara, you will find literally dozens, dozens of people of Burmese origin teaching what the Book of Allah subhanahu wa taala to people, on top of people serving in the madaris, preserving the ilm of Deen. You will find them everywhere, literally in every street of of, of Makkah Mukarramah, making khidma of the Hujjaj, doing selfless service for what? For the deen of Islam. And they are, are what? They're refugees. And what do they tell us? They tell us tales of difficulty. They tell us tales of horror. One of the ulama that we had the pleasure of meeting with, he's a graduate of the Banuri Town Madrasa, 
If those of you who are not perhaps familiar with the Madaris of Pakistan, know that this is the most prolific, the most prolific of all of Pakistan's Madaris since the time of uh, the founding of, of the Islamic Republic until this time. Anyone who knows people who are graduates from the Madaris in South Africa, many of our young people are, mashallah, in uh, uh, this uh, Dar es Salaam and in this masjid and in the mas- masajid in this area as well as around this country. The two most prolific madaris in South Africa, the Madrasa in Azadville and the Madrasa Zakaria. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep all of our madaris under their protection. The chief asatiza of those madaris are all graduates from this same madrasa. So I met an alim from the Banuritan Madrasa in, 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 in what? A Burmese alim who's a refugee and a graduate of the Banuritan Madrasa in Makkah He said, look, there are people who are enemies of Islam in every single place, in every single place in this world. There are always those people who have both and who have hatred for La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. However, what people don't understand is our people are different. Their hatred is transcended. What? Transcended politics, transcended economics, transcended any sort of uh, uh, connection with some sort of worldly benefit and has come into a, a realm of blind hatred. And these were literally prophetic words. Why? Because the current situation, the current crisis in Burma, or we should say the current iteration of this existing crisis in Burma, it reached a new level of conflagration just a day or two after he said what he said. So now we see what? This is something that's something we cannot ignore. People might say, Sheikh, why you bring up all of these things every, every, every week? We have to hear every day. We have to hear some other problem in the ummah. There are all these difficulties in the ummah. There are all of these hardships in the ummah. Why do we have to hear something negative all the time? I'm the one who first agrees with you. I'm the one who says what? Think locally. Instead of worrying about other things, make sure your children learn Arabic. Sign them up to learn how to read the Quran. Learn your fiqh, learn your aqidah. You'll solve the problems of the world another time. However, every now and again, certain issues become so acute, so acute, so, so, so difficult, so critical, so difficult for a person to bear that a person cannot turn away and say that this is a problem for another time in another place and I can't deal with all of the world's problems. Everybody from their place has to think about what can I do about this situation, about this crisis. Now tell me something. 370,000 refugees is what the Western news media, which is not known to have a sympathetic eye toward Islam nor toward Muslims. 370,000 refugees in the last couple of weeks, week and a half, two weeks alone. 370,000 refugees in the last couple of weeks alone. Out of those 370,000 refugees that had to flee from their homes on foot, 240,000, an estimated 240,000, again, this is from what? Western news media reports. An estimated 240,000 are children. We have, we have reports that what? Literally, there are, there are people who have carried their mothers and their fathers on their backs. People may have seen the pictures. They've had to carry their mothers and fathers on their backs with them from their villages. These are not people who said, maybe I can get a better job in Bangladesh. These are not people looking for a better economic future or economic prosperity somewhere else. These are not people who are fed up with unemployment or even with a repressive regime. They've been living under a repressive regime for quite some time now. These are people, literally what happens, the military, the, the military that is supposed to protect its own people, the police, the government that is supposed to protect its own people, they give notice in villages that we will come and burn your village down and we will shoot anyone who's left in two days. 
and they literally wait and ambush around those villages until the people start to flee. And those people who are complying with that order, those people who are complying with that order and leaving when they're told to leave. Those people, they wait in ambush for them and fire at them. Those people, they wait in ambush for them and shoot at them. Those people, they literally put landmines in the path of those people when they're trying to escape from one country to another. Now, brothers and sisters, it gets worse. It gets worse. What does, what's the, the part that's, that's the next horror? The next horror is that these people are not only Muslims fleeing from a country that has a non-Muslim majority to a country that has a Muslim majority. They also speak the same tongue as the people they're going to. They're people who speak a dialect of Bangla, although a different dialect than the one that's spoken in, in, in Dhaka, to my understanding. But they are still Bengali-speaking people. When they cross the border into Bangladesh, what used to happen before this catastrophe started, this current cycle of this catastrophe was what? Is that the military of that, that country used to fire on their boats and fire on them when they were trying to cross into Bangladesh. The disaster became so bad. The disaster became so bad that the news reports that even those soldiers, imagine a soldier is somebody who is not paid to think. A soldier is someone who is, who is, is trained and, 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 and absolutely conditioned to obey orders without thinking. Even those soldiers, they couldn't find it inside of their hearts to not let these people in anymore. They betrayed the orders that were given to them from higher up and they allowed these people to stream in and now hundreds and thousands of them are what? Hundreds and thousands of them are refugees on the other side of the border. And instead of being received with welcome, instead of being received with welcome by the official uh, party line in the place that they're going to, the people are receiving them. The average people, this is one thing. It doesn't matter how much people yell and scream, how much people become nationalistic and wave flags, and how much people try to deny it. Every Muslim who has La ilaha illallah inside of his heart, he loves every other Muslim. So the people on the other side are literally bringing things from their homes in order to feed people. They're literally trying to help and take care of people. They're literally people who have come. Forget about just Muslims. There are reports of even non-Muslims who have crossed the border from India into Bangladesh. Just out of what? The sheer heartbreak of seeing what's going on with these people who have literally nothing. And they have literally nobody to help them. And they've come to refuge, to escape the fire of, of guns only to become the the pawn of politics, of international politics, that the host country does not want to give them too much, too much facility or too much aid or food or help or uh, set up camps. Why? Because they want to throw these people back to the country that they came from. Now, the, the fact of the matter is these are all very poor countries and they have difficulty dealing with these things. And one need not judge another person. People do what they do, the motives that they have, Allah Ta'ala knows best and Allah Ta'ala will judge them because He's the only one who knows and is able to judge them. But we as Muslims, you have to understand whether those people have a legitimate reason for doing what they do or not. That's something we can put to the side. What all of us can agree upon right now is that those people who have come, they need help. Those people who have come and crossed the border, they need help. They are not just random people. They're not just jungle-dwelling jungle, jungle dwelling people or uneducated and uncouth. Even if they were, just the fact that they said, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is a reason, is a reason to what? To, to, to invoke inside of our heart sympathy and to invoke inside of our help, heart, uh, uh, the willingness and the desire to help. In fact, even if they were people of any religion, if they went through what they went through, 
This is part of iman that a person should want to help them. But these people are who? These people are ulama. These people are students of deen. These are hafaz. Look in the, in the news reports. I know it's difficult. Psychologically, it's difficult. How much can you go through? How much pain and suffering can you go through seeing cholera outbreak in Yemen and the destruction of, 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 uh, of Halab and this catastrophe in Iraq and, and the destruction of Mosul, all of these things. I understand it's difficult. Summon some courage inside of yourself. Look in those reports at the faces of these people. These are innocent people. These are not people who are involved in sectarian war. These are not people who are partisans to a political fight. These are not people who started any fight with anybody whatsoever. If you look in their eyes, you can see that these are people who never fought with an animal, much less with a human being. These are people, they need our help. These are people, they need our help. Now, this is an issue that we as a community have to think about, we as a community have to deal with, as individuals and as, an, as a masjid. This specific masjid, and as local masajid, you and I both know we cannot solve all of the problems of the world alone. We will not establish a khilafah. We will not be able to straighten out the rulers in XYZ country. We're not able to... There's so many things that we're not able to do. All we can do with regards to those things is what? Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, their, for His help. But there are things that you and I can do. And there are things that you, can, you and I can do, and those are the things Allah will ask us about. Allah Ta'ala will not ask us about the things we cannot do. Allah Ta'ala will ask us about those things that what? That we can do. What is it that we can do? We can make dua for those people. We can make tawbah in front of Allah Ta'ala with sincerity and ask Allah Ta'ala for His help. For us and for them. Because remember, everybody in this room, look around. Is there anybody in this room who at some t- point or another within the last generation, two generations, three generations, at maximum, that some one of our forefathers wasn't a refugee? Is there anybody in this room like that? My grandfather, rahimahullah ta'ala, both from my mother's side and from my father's side, both of them were from East Punjab. Our ancestral lands where we lived, our ancestral lands where my forefathers lived, I never saw them, I may never see them in my lifetime. Why? Because they lost everything and they had to leave, because of decisions that were not decisions of their own. Forget about myself. I mashallah, grew up very comfortably in America. The biggest hijra I made was to leave Seattle to come to Chicago, and that's not really much of a difficulty at all. Look at who? Look at forget about my forefathers. Look at who? Look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. The person who leaves his house for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person who leaves his home for the sake of Allah ta'ala is a Mubarak person. He is one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Leaving a person leaving their home for the sake of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Qutila ashabul ukhdud, an nari thatil waqud, idhum alayha qu'ud, wa ma idhum alayha qu'ud, wa ma Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, wa ma naqamu minhumu illa ayyuminu billahi al-aziz al-hamid. That the kuffar, the people, the ashabul ukhdud, their stories mentioned in the Quran, not for your entertainment or for my entertainment, rather to show. This is something that happened and was happening to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and will happen until the day of judgment that people will be literally killed. People will literally be treated worse than people treat animals. Why? Just their, their, their niqmah and their, their spite and their anger wasn't aimed at them except for what? Because they said la ilaha illallah. Now this is a, a, this is a motif that's invoked a lot by a lot of people who have s- different sorts of grievances. But in this case, a person is at a loss to see any other explanation. You see literally the nationalist leaders of that country, 
and the religious leaders of that country, people who are in the robes of monks, these are people who say that they uh, represent the teachings of, uh, of the Gautam Buddha, uh, uh, a person whose teachings may not be Islam, but they definitely don't encourage people to kill or harm other living things, much less a human being. They come in the garb of religion, which is something that people are trained to accept as being an, not just good, but an absolute good. Not just truth, but a source of absolute truth. And they have fed into their minds what? Things like these people are evil, like these people are worse than animals, like these people are what? That these people, there's, it's an act of piety to kill them and to throw them out and to harm them. That somehow they are going to come and destroy your way of life. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Muslims ruled over the Indian subcontinent for so many centuries. Muslims ruled over Spain for so many centuries. What happened in Spain? The Christians massacred the Muslims and threw them out. What happened in the Indian subcontinent? Even to this day, there are people who hate Islam. When they use their speech, when they speak their tongue, they cannot speak a sentence without saying a word of Farsi or without a word of Arabic. There's nothing about the India that they love that they can pull the Islam out of. Still, they blame Muslims for some sort of phantom, uh, dreamt-up massacre that happened at some indiscreet point in the past. That same fear you see in those, in those people in, uh, in Burma, in Myanmar, and it's a completely unfounded fear. But what? Because it's been put into their hearts so deeply, so deeply. You see what? Literally, there are pictures of stuff for Allah. Don't forward these pictures to one another. It's a shame that we even have to see them. Of a grown man standing on top of the corpse of a, a child. Three-year-old, four-year-old child. Men raping women. These are our sisters. There was a time that what? There is a time that the abuse of just one woman used to make entire thrones fall. This is a time in which what? We ourselves abuse our own sisters in our own homes, much less worry about people in different places. These are what? Hafad of Qur'an. These are what? People who are farmers. They, they have no political ambition whatsoever. And they're being harmed and they're being killed. Brothers and sisters, we cannot turn a blind eye. We must at least turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah and repentance. We at least stand in front of Allah Ta'ala La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen The same dua that what? That Sayyidina, uh, Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam Made from inside the, 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 the belly of the, of the whale That there is no God except for you Glory be to you Indeed I was one of the, one of the wrongdoers One of the transgressors the Ummah itself needs to make repentance In order to attract Allah Ta'ala's mercy And attract Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help after that, there is no person in this place that cannot what? That cannot give something for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. You cannot change what a government does or what an army does. If you can, what are you waiting for? You can't do it. But what you can do, you can give something. The person you say, oh, Shaykh, I'm broke. You give $5, trust me, the person who hasn't eaten in three days, the $5 worth of food that they receive, they will appreciate that. That will change entire destinies. Haven't you seen? Haven't you looked at our history? Look around us. People like myself, look around us. We're not the ones who made this, we're not the ones who made this Islam. If you look in every place in the subcontinent, Allah, what happened in the central square of that of that city? There will be the, the grave of one of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They used to come and they used to stay. And they used to call people to Allah Ta'ala and through their du'as and through their dhikr and through their superior akhlaq. One person did the job that an army of 100,000 couldn't do. Which is tilt the people's hearts toward the deen. 
you give $5 worth of help, who knows which one is going to be that one that tilts the hearts of the people toward the deen that you help. They are going to be, those people come from people like that. They don't come from people like me. It's going to be from people like that. People whose hearts are broken for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. People who, people who are humil- humble for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. People who have given up hope in the dunya for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. This is something, I make this very uh, uh, humble appeal to you. I come to you today wearing literally, these are the two uh, pieces of cloth that I wore in Arafat and that I stole the Jamlatul Aqaba, the Ihram of Hajj that I wore for the entire, almost a week and a half, uh, just uh, last uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I have the same two pieces of cloth for the Hajj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give the reward of this Hajj to whoever gives for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't know what more to say. I'm not a talented orator. I can only just say with sincerity what's inside of my heart. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar ta'ala anhu, and I repeat it again and I'll repeat it again and again. It's a, a sabaq, it's a lesson that we've forgotten. We have to remember and remind one another again once more about it. He looked at the house of Allah Ta'ala and he said, how noble are you? How sacred are you? How high is your station in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala? And I swear an oath by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, every person of Iman, every person of La Ilaha illallah has a higher maqam with you than Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, give the reward of that hajj to anybody who gives for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not a time to hold back, this is a time to give. Imagine 300 and some odd thousand uh, uh, refugees, there's nobody to take care of them, there's nobody to help them. You and I, you know, you have to remember, people give up hope when things, bad things happen. We're in America, people give up hope really easily over here. If you lose a job interview or something, people give up hope very easily, they literally kill themselves. These are people who've gone through so much, so much, Imagine the little thing that you do to help them. If that person, that person that causes them to keep hope that Allah loves me and that the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ didn't turn its back on me. The kings and the tyrants and generals and people, they, they turned their back on me. But the Ahlullah, the people who live in Glendale Heights and say La ilaha illallah and just come to Jummah out of hope for forgiveness from Allah and for out of hope of following the sunnah of his Rasul ﷺ. Those people, they gave something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. If that causes a person not to lose hope and a person to hold on to life and to struggle for a better tomorrow, imagine who's the one then who will receive the reward for all the good deeds that happen afterward. And if we don't value their lives, then what does that say with regards to the value of ours? Because what has happened to them, every single person is in line for that. We're not saved because of our virtue and they're not being punished because of their sins. This is a wrong idea that people have inside of their heads. They need to get it out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save all of us. Allah ta'ala help all of us. Allah give us tawfiq to open our minds and our, our hearts. Inshallah, there are brothers here from Islamic Relief on both uh, doors. Inshallah, please give what you can. If anyone has any questions regarding our efforts over there, please do, uh, 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 do not hesitate to ask one of the brothers over there to ask me myself uh, as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us courage inside of our hearts. Allah ta'ala give help to our brothers and sisters in Burma. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them someone who will stand for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them someone who will defend them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them hope inside of their hearts. Allah ta'ala hold back those people who wish them harm. Everywhere, not just them, everywhere in the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whoever says la ilaha illallah until now, from now until the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them in his protection and not, not put them, subjugate them under an enemy that overwhelms them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.